As leaders, we either build the culture we want or we end up being a victim of the one that evolves around us because we didn't consciously design the one that would help our business be at its best, that would help our team achieve everything they were capable of. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall, I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant, and this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. And I'm glad you're here today because today we're going to talk about culture. Now, there have been billions of words probably written about why culture is important in a business, why it matters, how to change it even in some cases. Today, we're going to break down a little bit about why culture is important, what it means, how you can think about it inside your organization, and then how you as a leader get to decide on the one you have and shift it the current one that you're living in to what you want. So I'll give you some steps for that at the end of today's episode as well. Hey, before I dive into the culture segment, one of the things I wanted to do was share a little bit of feedback that we got here recently regarding the leadership gym. Here's some feedback that comes from one of our users. I completed the videos on success, goals, habit, and insight this past weekend. They were all great, but I really liked the habits video the best. I plan to start the five-part coaching series this weekend as well as complete the fitness plans for the four previously mentioned videos. Quite a weekend when somebody's going through this much stuff. This person continues, I also started one of my team leaders on the videos. She completed the success video and worksheet today and really enjoyed it. She gained some good insight and we had a conversation about helping her find her definition of success. That's what's so important to me about the gym and most of why we built it is not only does it help individuals get better at leadership, give them tools and resources to do that, but it also can cause teams to think differently as they use the content there and have conversations about what good looks like as a leader in this organization, what progress looks like as we continue to build a more engaged, more productive, more effective team. All of these things kind of happen when we surround this subject matter with our own ideas, our own thoughts, and some conversations that happen out there in the real world. So I love getting feedback like that because we are causing conversations that would not have happened about leadership. And that drives change, that drives improvement, that causes people to think differently, which is the start of any behavior change. If you want to learn more about becoming a member at the Leadership Gym, simply go to leadershipgym.com and you can try it with absolutely no risk. See how the tools in there can change the future for you, change the future for your team, and also for your business. Okay, on to our segment, our discussion, our conversation on culture. I wanna start off with a little bit of an example that just comes from my world that might help you think a little differently about the culture in your business. I was uh, traveling home from work one evening 
gosh, it's probably been a couple of years ago now. And as I pulled into the neighborhood, we had had quite a storm that evening. I even had to swerve around, drive around, dodge some debris in the road, even a few trees on the way home because we had just had a wicked set of storms come through. There were some reports that maybe even there were tornadoes associated with it, but the roads were a mess. Our area was a mess. And so as I was driving into the neighborhood, I immediately started to think, wow, how much damage is here? How much damage happened to to my world here at home while I was working? And as I'm going through the neighborhood, I see some trees down, a lot of limbs all over the street. And immediately I start to think, wow, I hope we're okay at home. I haven't heard from anybody that we weren't. Checked in a while ago and everything was fine, but wanted to make sure that I didn't have any severe damage. And so as I was kind of moving toward my house as quickly as I could safely, I noticed a group of people over on the right with chainsaws taking care of a tree in a neighbor's yard that had fallen across his driveway and blocked him in. Now, as I looked at this group of 10 or 12 people, of course, one of them was one of the residents in the house, and then the rest of them were just neighbors, just people who had tried to help, who had looked at this situation and then dove in in a way that they thought would make a difference, who had driven by this same tree and decided that that individual needed their assistance. I didn't know the people in this home well, but immediately I stopped thinking about what was my own world like, at least as much, and I started thinking about who can we help in this situation? If my world's okay, whose isn't? And how do I go have some impact on that, make a difference there too? But in watching these other people do it, that's where I got that idea. That's where that impulse came from to say, hey, there's people out there helping each other and I need to be part of that. That was a a pretty strong feeling within me in the moment as I watched other people do those things. I started having a fair number of thoughts about our neighborhood. What's it like here? Obviously, it's a good place. What are the people like here? They're helpful. They go out of their way to support other people around them. And clearly, I want to be part of that. I want to help too. So I actually drove to our house. I I checked, made sure we had nothing big down. We didn't. We had some limbs down, but there were no major trees had fallen. There was no significant damage to anything that was above or beyond normal cleanup. So I grabbed my chainsaw, I grabbed my son, and my son happened to have a friend over and they were playing and I said, come on, you can help too if you want. We grabbed gloves, we headed down there and for three or four hours, this group of people, now that was growing, others had seen what was going on and wanted to help as well. So we probably had 15 or 20 people now. We went from yard to yard, from neighbor to neighbor, cleaning up debris that was too big for people or assisting people that we knew were going to have difficulty by themselves doing this work. Maybe they didn't have the tools. Maybe they just didn't have the ability to get out there physically and do this work. And so we started thinking about who else can we help and we started moving in that direction. It was pretty amazing. And what was really important to me was my son got to see that. He got to see that a difference that you can make when you go out of your way to help somebody. He got to get that feeling too that we spent our time doing something that was really valuable for someone else. When I think about how culture happens in organizations, that's it. And there are lots of stories I could probably share about culture inside businesses that I've been in too. This one just struck me as a good representative picture of what culture actually does. See, culture is the set of behaviors that are observable inside an organization that change how individuals think or behave themselves. 
Culture is all the things around us that influence what we do next. Culture is that ability for a group of people to cause others that observe them to make a good choice or to make a different choice. Now, I speak of culture in the, in the sense that it's a good thing. There are certainly cases where culture does the exact opposite. It can cause people to have negative thoughts. If you have a group of people on your team that is fully engaged, doing everything they're capable of to prepare for a good day, to show up at their best, to do the things that the business needs at a really high level, then others will clearly come into that environment, see that happen, and decide hey, can I be this good? Is this the level that I want to work at? Could I do these same sets of things? What choices do I have to make in order to have an impact and be successful in this organization that is now defined by these things people are doing that I can observe, that I can see? We think that new people who come into our organization make decisions based on what they're told. And certainly, maybe some of that happens. But the employee handbook is not how people choose to operate in any sort of environment. The culture is. What are other people doing around me who I regard, because they've been here longer, as understanding how things work around here? I regard them as a definition and example of what good looks like here because they're still here or because they have even been here for a while or risen to a higher level within the organization. So the reason that I make choices inside any organization is because of the culture I observe when I'm there. Culture changes behavior in a very direct way that we aren't part of as leaders. And yet it is constant in terms of the effect it has on the people around us. As leaders, we either build the culture we want or we end up being a victim of the one that evolves around us because we didn't consciously design the one that would help our business be at its best, that would help our team achieve everything they were capable of. Culture is one of the greatest tools that we have outside of the individual conversations, work, and things that we do on a daily basis with our people to help them get better. Culture is this constant thing in our environment that is guiding decisions and choices every day, all day. And that's why it matters that we build one that does that. We have to decide what kind of culture we want, and then do the things as a leader that helps us build that. And once we do, once we have a culture that is operational and effective and sending all the right signals and helping people make the right choices in our business, our job as a leader gets significantly, exponentially easier. Human behavior change is hard, and yet it's our primary job as a leader. I want to help these people accomplish something more and therefore they have to make shifts in the way they do things in order to get there. That's what we do as leaders for a huge part of how we get results. And if I have a tool that can do that for me, if I have a resource that can execute that behavior change thing all day long, every single day, then I want to have a lot of care and feeding of that tool. I want to pay attention to it and create it in a way that it sends all the right signals for me. Because now I get to complement it with my coaching, with my hiring, with my people development. 
not compete with it with my coaching and my hiring and my people development. If I tell someone who's on my team to come into my office so we can have a conversation and then I talk about being at their best and I have a conversation with them that is about helping them improve or grow or learn or be more engaged and they go back out into a world where they see no one growing or learning or being more engaged, then my conversation doesn't matter or at least it matters a lot less. It becomes sort of this aspirational thing that I talked about, but not a realistic thing that can happen in this world where the culture is completely different. We don't change well here. We don't grow here. We don't prepare for our day at our best here. We just show up and get the work done. That's our culture. We don't learn and grow and make mistakes and then try something new around here. We don't take risks. We just play it safe and get through the day. That's our culture. Now, that may or may not be your culture. You may have a phenomenal one in your business or on your team. But the point is, if you're competing with it all day long and it isn't what you want it to be, then you have to take steps as a leader to now create the culture that you want. So let's talk a little bit about what those steps are. What are some of the things that you have to do as a leader to build that kind of culture that you want? Step number one is to define it. And that seems really simple and obvious when I just say it like that. Well, you have to define it in order to build it. That is true, and also most people don't. As a leader, I want you to go through the intricacies of your culture. How do you want your organization to feel if someone walks in the door? If someone were to write an article about the way people worked in your world or the way people think in your world or the way people solve problems or communicate or organize themselves in your world, what would you want them to write? I want you to think about it from an outside perspective. And don't analyze the one you have. You can do that too, but the important thing here in this step is to decide on the one you want. I care much more about the destination than where I'm standing because the destination informs what I do next. Where I'm standing is just information that isn't all that valuable sometimes if I'm on a path. Where I'm headed is what's really valuable if I'm on a path. So take the time to define it. If you have a team, if you can pull them together, if you can create time and space to have this kind of conversation with your group, it's a phenomenal discussion to have collaboratively. Who do we want to be when we grow up? What kind of world do we want to live in? What should it feel like here when we show up at the beginning of our day? What should it feel like at the end of our day? What kind of impact should we have on each other and the customers? Defining those things together starts to help people on your team build a way to get to it for themselves. They start to actually change neural pathways in their brain, build mental maps for what it might look like, decide whether or not they care about it, think about what steps they could take to move in that direction, and we caused it all with a few questions and a meeting that was set up to explore who we wanted to be if we could build this kind of culture. So we already do part of the work of change by including people in the definition for the destination that we are changing to, for the thing we are trying to shift. So the first thing we need to do is define the culture that we want. The second thing, which we already get a head start on if we do this with our team, is deciding what behaviors would help us move in that direction. 
Okay, if we want a team of people that communicates well and get things done efficiently, for example, what are some of the things that we now need to do as a group of people to make that happen? Do we need to meet in different ways? Do we need to communicate at different times? Do we need to proactively reach out more in certain areas or on certain projects? How do we now shift our own behaviors? And remember, these are the things people observe. They don't get to observe if they're, let's say they're brand new in your organization, they don't get to observe your conversation here, but they get to make decisions based on the culture that evolves from it. So we want to be conscious and think deeply about what behaviors will get us there. Let's think about if somebody comes in and they're less engaged maybe on our team that day, what should we do? It's a great question to ask. They may come up with things like, hey, we need to go over there and talk to them. We need to call them up and see how they're doing. If we know somebody's struggling on the team with a job or a role or a situation, how do we reach out? What kind of team does that? And what are the things that we do on this team? I was working with an organization several years ago, and they felt like they had a lot of gossip in their area. They felt like some of the conversations on the team weren't productive. They were about other people, but not with other people. They were talking about other people on the team, but they weren't doing anything to go share feedback or have honest conversations with those individuals if they wanted them to be different. They were sort of just bad-mouthing them without doing anything to help them understand how they were showing up in this environment. That wasn't okay, and they wanted to change it. So one of the things they did as they talked about this is what kind of behaviors stop gossip around here and lead to more productive conversations. And they came up with a set of steps, a set of things. Hey, if I hear gossip, I'm going to call it out. I'm also going to do what I can not to gossip. If I have a conversation that I need to have about somebody, I should probably have it with them. If somebody brings that up to me, I'm going to say, hey, how do you want to go have that conversation with that individual? We're a team here. That's how we work. What was interesting about that is they started working through these behaviors and they had a new person start. And a couple of weeks in, that new person made a comment about somebody on the team. And very quickly, what the new person heard was, hey, we don't do that here. If there's something that they need to shift or something that you don't understand about their behavior, then we solve the problem. Let's go let them know, hey, this made me feel that way, or that when you work this way, it, it causes some roadblocks for us here, or here's what I need from you in order to be successful in my role. Go have those discussions, but don't talk about them if you're not going to go talk to them. So we got to decide in detail what kind of behaviors actually create that culture. And then the next step is to decide what leader behaviors would support those team behaviors. What are the things that I do as a leader to cause the kind of culture that I want? I get to have more influence over how people operate here. If I, for example, coach extensively before anyone is taken out of their role or asked to leave the organization, then people know, hey, you get a lot of time and effort and energy put into you if you're struggling to support you in moving in a different direction. But if you don't, then the opportunity for you is to go find a place where you can be successful because this might not be it. We're going to invest in you here. But we also have high expectations. Both are okay. That could be some of the things that you do as a leader. How you coach, how you interact with others, how you treat mistakes in the organization. Do you blame people or do you focus on the learning that happened associated with those mistakes? All of these kinds of things are leader behaviors. And once you find the ones that will cause this group to operate this way, not because you told them to, 
but because of how you behave as a leader, the things that you do consistently, then you get to build habits around those. Define the culture you want with your team, hopefully, but define it either way. Decide what team behaviors would display that. Again, involving people in that process is important. Decide what leader behaviors would help those team behaviors happen. And then build habits around those things for yourself as a leader who is systematically, consistently, continuously building an amazing culture that will create an amazing future for this team, for this organization. Hey, give us a review here if you enjoy the conversation that we're having. I hope that we have earned five stars on whatever app you're listening to this podcast on. And I hope that you're willing to go do that for us because it will let other leaders get to hear these thoughts and consider how they use them in their world as well. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now, go build an amazing culture for you and your team and your business and go make a difference.